वेलकम टू सिंटॉक सिंटॉक इज अराउंड द टेबल टुडे डिस्कस द हैविंग ऑफ फन विल थिंक अबाउट द आइडिया ऑफ हैविंग फन वॉट इज स्पेशल अबाउट फन एज अ मोड ऑफ एग्जिस्टेंस is fun often or always a flippant distraction what are the interrelationships between ideas of leisure market pleasure cynicism and flow how is fun manufactured whether in a rock music concert or elsewhere does there exist a democratized access to means of having fun can serious be fun is it okay to not have fun Are we, in a sense, compelled to conform to the mode of having fun? And why do most of us have fun the same way? What might be the very long-term future of fun? We are pleased and privileged to have three sin talkers with us here today. Professor Shogato Bhadri. He is a professor at the Center of English Studies at JNU New Delhi. and works primarily in the area of literary and cultural theory and popular culture studies. Vernon Ibrahim is a music and media consultant and is based in Bombay. And Prabodh Parekh who studies Buddhism for himself and talks about everything else as a teacher. Shogato, why don't we set the ball rolling with you? Um, very simply, what is this mode of having fun? Um, in terms of the mode of having fun, it would be very difficult to um, talk about one mode as such in mm-hmm. which one could have fun. But if we were to talk about fun per se, and not necessarily the mode mm-hmm. in which fun is had, mm-hmm. then fun could as well as be for me, and mm-hmm. we could debate on it, we could argue, we could agree, disagree, deliberate. Mm-hmm. But fun for me seems to be the basic objective of human existence. And uh, uh, the word fun here should not be uh, seen as separate from other modes of pleasure like bliss, or pleasure itself or mm. ecstasy but rather as the very and probably the most radical metonym mm-hmm. of this entire gamut of possibilities that human life seems to be fundamentally geared towards and i would deliberately stick to the word fun precisely maybe semantically in our day to day usage it has acquired the most flippant of senses amongst the possibility of all such cognate words mm-hmm. so fun is the base so to say to me what do you mean when you say it's the base uh, what i mean to say is that the the fundamental uh, substratum mm-hmm. from which and around which human life generally revolves or directs all its actions to in my opinion seems to be precisely this whole gamut of possibilities of enjoyment and which i would metonymize through the most flippant of the cognate words namely fun that's very interesting and what would the opposite of this position be um, do we need to suffer of course i mean suffering in itself can also be fun in a certain sense though in classical hedonism in classical epicureanism uh, in classical cynicism also to a certain extent as also as extended into utilitarianism mm-hmm. pain would often be seen as the very obverse of pleasure yeah. and the classical dictum would be that the goal of human life is to maximize pleasure and minimize pain yeah. the goal of human life is to have pleasure and avoid pain yeah. but i I mean and it's not a question of i alone calculus yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's not a question of i alone but let's say uh, within classical indian aesthetics itself mm-hmm. and where the theorization would be spot on but even within classical greek aesthetics the fact that we can have tragic spectacles mm-hmm. which can themselves be pleasure producing of a different order suggests quite contrary to the uh, obvious dichotomy of pleasure and pain that 
pain itself can also be pleasurable and we often sadomasochistically probably or even in terms of how we proceed in our day to day affairs day to day dealing with this rather cruel world that surrounds us we have to engage continuously with pain pleasurably and uh, almost extract pleasure out of pain so pain might also be pleasurable mm mm That's so interesting. There's some interesting ideas there. Prabodh, why don't we go to you and open a few more flanks there? What is fun for you? I would rather uh, and maybe look at it also in the context of art if we have the time as we go along. Yeah, I mean, but I thought that if one were to be very honest with the way one's life is conducted by oneself and the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the others and therefore the whole of cosmos. I think most of the time we are not having fun that's the fact of human existence of course we like to cover it up with all kind of consolations and all kind of uh, makeups and so one should if one wants to understand one has to remember when was it that one was having fun and i would like to suggest that very rarely we had fun when we were not self conscious that is to say uh, primarily the idea of fun comes to us in retrospect mm. that you know ah, it used to be fun now having fun is a contrived and worked labor idea so what <laughs> happens is that i always ask myself what is it not to have fun mm-hmm. so i'm interested in those thinkers and those individuals who look right into the eyes of the idea of suffering mm. or affliction mm-hmm. uh, quite attentively they do that in order to fully come to terms with the fact that is human life starting point and end point is suffering it is from that inquiry one recollects and remembers the idea of fun because idea of fun is connected with the idea of innocence i like to think nirdosta and that is connected with the the idea of fall and therefore guilt and all those things come up that yes we were having fun once upon a time uh, you know <laughs> it's always so, retrospective for you some i i li- i like to think conceptually also mm. is much more an honest approach a very well, buddhist oh, enlightened yeah. pessimism kind of feel no meaning you begin with that and of course the idea is to uh, no idea is not to have fun idea is to experience the truth of human existence and it may not have much to do with fun it's mm. a contrived labor idea i like to think mm. but this is to start with then one begins to find ways of you know when we tell someone hey, go have fun you know uh, mm. or when you but you don't tell yourself come have fun have you thought about it we we is it is it an internal monologue do we say to ourselves that Let's have fun. There are moments we? of pleasure and moments of enjoyment. But for you, there are always moments. They're fleeting. They go yeah. away. Human, uh, the honest look into the idea of fun requires a different starting point, a journey. I'll just uh, there is an it it stayed in my mind a Japanese film called The Death of Tea Master Rinku, in which three Zen masters who are up there in heaven because they can't bear the human existence on earth, mm. they've all committed harakiri. and they are there and they are in a small cave and they are talking about having fun you know and what how do they say you know road to poetry is bitter lonely solitary and dark and then they laugh loudly oh god <laughs> the road to poetry is so bitter <laughs> so so dark so solitary now to be able to handle this idea is is the highest form of understanding human life as that it can have fun which is very different from delight and joy and you know which are all uh, projections all these ideas are constructs yeah. I, i like to think but i think let's debate that is the notion of fun a construct what do you say to that shogato yeah uh, so obviously these are two uh, if mogli was born diff- in the jungle would he yes. would he have this notion of having fun in him evidently because i mean only if and only if we uh, try to define fun in a fairly restrictive sense of only that 
canned, packaged mode of enjoyment that is contrived, then probably his non-exposure to the culture industry or his non-exposure to certain other socially manufactured modes of fun would have led to Mowgli not having fun. Mm. But if, as I said, the word fun can be metonymic of right. enjoyment per se, then Mowgli also was probably enjoying his way through. But I think what more importantly Prabodh Bhai has pointed out is that uh, I think what I said and what he said are not all that different at the end of the day but for the fact that whether fun is a cherished fleeting experience or is it a compensatory fleeting device mm. that seems to be the only difference because otherwise I seem both of us agree on the fact that this world ultimately offers only possibilities, cruel possibilities of us not having fun. Now, whether <laughs> us not having fun is the very fundamental state to compensate which we try to have fun or whether to have fun is therefore the cherished goal and we must stand up against this world which cruelly tries to negate our basic being and have fun in an affirmative way is where we could possibly disagree. Having fun is almost a act of rebellion in some way. Could be, against or it could be, as Prabodh Bhai put it, an act of compensation. So that is where I think the debate lies. The description of the general substratum of life mm. and how fun gets deployed mm. is where I think both our versions fairly converge. Mm. But the objective of having fun is where probably uh, we seem terrific, to differ, but there terrific. is enough time over yeah, uh, today's we'll talk to be able to... Yeah. Learn, and why don't we go to your world, the world of music and... Somehow, it, I mean, you, you associate the word music very strongly with the notion of having fun, at least in the manner in which we think of it today. How do you think that's come to be? And, you know, I mean, you've been a heavy metal guy. Is that having fun? Like, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's an excellent question because you look at uh, genres, um, forget about heavy metal or punk rock, which is very easy to understand, um, uh, contemporary uh, cultural aversion to those sorts of those, that sort of entertainment, that sort of music. It's obviously aggressive. It's loud, and there is a sense that the people enjoying it are more uh, enjoying the rebellion of liking something that other older people or other generations don't like, and that in itself could be more appealing than the music itself. But I think it's easier to understand if you look at blues or something like that, because the whole idea of blues is uh, it's a paradox. The whole idea that blues can be enjoyable is a complete paradox, because blues essentially is an expression of sorrow, of pain, of suffering, immensely mm. to the extent that I don't think anyone here in this day and age can ever understand what... Uh, a black person working in the fields in in southern Mississippi was going through. One can say, my salary came in late and that's depressing, or I didn't get the job, or my girlfriend's upset with me, or my my uh, husband uh, is working too hard. But that doesn't compare one iota to the suffering of a life of no property, no mental freedom, no cultural freedom, no spiritual freedom, no self-expression whatsoever, except this one sound that they made in the fields, the blues. And mm. that's a dark, dark thing. And it's been said, not by me, but many people before, that almost every form of commercial music today can be traced back to the blues, which is another What paradox. does that mean? Well, it, it just means that if every, every creation is derivative, every art is derivative of something, nothing is... is Combust, nothing is a self-created... But you qualify that, you're saying commercial music. Well, when I mean commercial music, I mean um, somebody who goes in the studio or on stage with the idea of, of making a living out of it. Mm. Not necessarily making millions, but making a living. There's a difference. Yeah. A lot of musicians are very happy to make a living yeah. doing something they enjoy. And some people have a psychopathic idea that in order to be successful, they have to buy another Mercedes or another flat, uh, high-rise flat, which is... That's the whole point. That may be missing the point of the fun itself because most of those people actually aren't having much fun. The people, the folk musicians, the, the blues guys in, in Chicago, the grunge uh, musicians in Seattle who aren't doing it, who are doing it for survival money but not for riches, they're the ones who are probably actually having more fun than the guys in the Billboard magazine and the big videos and the big, um, uh, the and big shows. And that's not just a romantic idea? I mean, I know you use the word probably. But. It's, I come down to... Um, 
when we're talking about it uh, intellectually, it's difficult to quantify yeah. the level of fun or the value of fun or even a benchmark of what fun is. It's very tough to to place a a, a measurement system on it. But um, in terms of commercial music, it's easier. You've got the commercial value or at least the success from it. And so one does trace back and say, for example, Michael Jackson uh, gave a lot of people uh, gave a lot of people fun and enjoyment through his entertainment. And you can see that because he's commercially very successful. That's the, the, the bridge to cross. But it doesn't, it doesn't add up. That's my point. Yeah, I, I'd like to respond to that by two observations that are yeah. very dear to me. One is that large, some of the most gifted musicians uh, were self-consuming. Mm. I mean, uh, they were, of course, apparently entertaining the world and themselves, but they were involved in a very major self-destructive act. That's one. Mm-hmm. And secondly, when self-expression becomes a crucial factor, even within the jazz movement, for example, mm-hmm. where, of course, the industry begins to, after the blues, begins to entertain the white audiences, yeah. which is fine, big bands and all that. Later on, what happens is that there is a, an understanding among young jazz musicians, some of them, who are beginning to say that I'm not going to let you have fun. <laughs> I'm not going to play for you so you can dance on my music. Mm. So they deliberately wanted to scream and shout and take away all movements which allows you rhythmically to respond to it. They're playing atonal and free jazz in order to make a point. Yeah. Now, that's an amazing thing too. I'm not going to let you have fun. That's me having fun. Yeah. Because I'm involved in the ex- idea of self-expression. Again, it's an act of subversion. I think so, majorly. Yeah. You know, you have major musicians who say, I'll refuse to entertain you, you know, to hell with you. Fuck you, I'm not going to do that for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was a, an act of uh, recovering the melancholia of the blues into an active rebellion of the 60s. I'm just putting that. But that's, sure. And a lot of young musicians, Janis Joplin, just think about it. They, they were involved in the act of self-destruction. Of mm. course, Rolling Stones have survived and Beatles have left behind. I think there are exceptions to what I'm saying. There yeah. is pure delight yeah. and joy in the way Beatles uh, were growing up and maturing. So, yeah. you know, let it be becomes, you know, a way of coming to terms with everything, you know. Yeah. I'm but just giving it's examples which are my favorite too. But anyway, let's... But Vernon, can there be such notion as serious music? Um, is that an oxymoron? I mean, is there music that is See, valuable classic, but not fun? I mean, does that make sense? It's easy It's easy for me to give an opinion and not be forced to justify it. <laughs> on a, so yeah. I can. Um, personally, the way I see it, the, the term classical music is, is a contradiction in terms. Music mm-hmm. should be fun. Once you make it classical, it's got structure and rules, therefore divesting it of any true fun. Now, that's a very bold statement to make because yep. people listening even to pop classical like Vivaldi can find some sort of enjoyment in it with no experience of the music whatsoever. Yep. You put on the four seasons and everyone's going to say, wow, yes. it's not bad. Mm. But that doesn't imply any form of understanding of the creative process of the instrument, of the sound, or even the atmosphere where the original composition was meant to be heard and performed but just the sound one finds appealing and therefore it's fun for them but um, um, is that enjoyment frivolous for you you seem to go back to the setting of the atmosphere where the music came from or has come from is that is is that fundamentally important for you I'm the one commercially more involved here than anyone else and I'm the happiest person to say I have really that there's no there's no I, I can't conclude this myself because mm-hmm. on the one hand commercial entertainment is is the art of selling people fun or entertaining people for money yeah which is a dark dark thing to do yeah the other side of it is the real frivolous fun which by calling it frivolous you're devaluing it but that's a real fun yeah when you're just cracking a joke with your friends there's no value to that but one yeah. does it. no one gets paid for it yeah no one gets more work or more opportunities for it but it's it is the actual frivolous fun. So by calling it frivolous, it's certainly not devaluing it. Yeah. But in nonetheless, that is probably the r- more real fun than uh, the Beatles sitting in the studio with George Martin and George Martin saying, this may work better on the radio and actually changing Lennon-McCartney's compositions, probably making them more commercially viable, but certainly changing it. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. do you say? I mean, the idea of, is there an idea of forgetfulness which should be associated with fun. I think I personally like that. It is only in the forgetting of the self that we have fun. 
truly you cannot consciously have fun i that's already a construct mm. but when we are forgetful like in a pub or mm. as he rightly pointed out when we are cracking a joke in other words we are uselessly passing time dil dhundta hai fir wahi fursat ke raat din now this fursat Mm. you know is what tagore calls when we become angels of surplus no accounts <laughs> are to be settled yeah then there is an epiphany but these are words which comes yes. later as i say yeah. is yeah. the moments of forgetfulness to japanese have this brilliant idea of a monk who is a fool <laughs> you know the 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 greater tagore is an essay called pagal so you know you celebrating being eccentric being forgetful being Uh, not very relevant in a HDFC worldview, you know. I think nah, that's my way of putting connected it. with this forgetting and wastefulness is also the idea of foregoing, uh, as it was pointed out earlier. Also, uh, we commonsensically often presume mm-hmm. that having fun is. Acquisitory in nature, having fun is accretional in nature. You're consuming the world in some way. No, you consume by paying. You give up money hmm. rather than. So the point is, I mean, of course, that is that is just one of the several things that also came up. Hmm. Um, so let's say the performer or the particular person who produces a particular musical piece to make money is probably not having as much fun as the person who. pays spends his hard earned money he's not making money out of it he buys he buys a ticket to watch the film he foregoes he sacrifices <laughs> he gives up and this is very important because so the even the partaker is having more fun than the creator in that sense so evidently and that is hmm. the whole idea of consumption the whole idea of self consumption also that prabodh bhai put and the whole idea of foregoing and giving oneself up wasting rather than and this is there's a problem with as i said the common sensical understanding of be hedonism be it um, uh, enjoyment and consumption itself consumption is not an acquisitory process consumption is a spending process it's a it's an expenditure driven process and even That's the very classic the mm. classic cynics i mean like diogenes would live in a tub and yeah. forgo all uh, worldly pleasures so to say or the hedonists like uh, like epicurus himself like lucretius like yeah. democritus yeah. all preaching the whole idea of completely spartan mode of living so the classic notions of enjoyment and we have to trace that into contemporary modes of having fun also mm-hmm. to be able to see how precisely as was pointed out uh, we cannot have an obvious connect with between having fun and also being able to consume in the sense of acquiring but consumption has to be se- seen in terms of expenditure wastefulness forgetting foregoing giving up then and only then can you consume in a fun sense so i would uh, i would be able to connect all these lines of thought and pretty much uh, agree with most of it there and is a mm-hmm. remarkable slok in ishopanishad mm-hmm. uh, very well known i mean every neighbor would quote it the <laughs> uh, right wing would quote it all the time uh, it says tyagi ne bhogam you know by letting it go consume now you connect this with the idea of austerity and self inflicted pain systems in jainism for example yeah and in and uh, gandhi's uh, way of dealing with the world of power by letting go now what is letting go is the fasting yeah it's amazing yeah uh, and of course the jains go to the extreme way whereby every hair you know has been pulled out from yeah. the hair to inflicting pain is very deeply connected with the western world view from christ onward mm. uh, the crucified is the the hero the crucified is the savior the crucified is the is the model of excellence in human life the epiphany in human life is not the self consuming alcoholic addict who is must let the cup overflow is the one whose cup is always empty so you want us to think about these things is this possible now i think contemporary generation cannot handle the idea of fun which is deeply associated with the idea of suffering they can't they meaning all of us can't we we would rather overcome it by any means finding any consolations any conversations any system which would allow us to uh 
forget that actually we are not having fun. how much of this prabodh has to do with the fact that it's at some level this commodification at work right there's a culture industry there's a leisure industry um cause we're going in direction which is slightly different no let it be but, yeah. um <laughs> i have a feeling that we were human beings were not on, born in this planet we were all born in a marketplace you know uh, from i think there never was a time that's why i said the idea of uh, life before marketplace is is the idea of innocence if we could connect the notion of innocence with idea of fun we might recover something very precious this has been my dream i mean i would like to make sense of what i am saying before i die is the notion of innocence a meaningful notion then suddenly the notion of joy and fun which you know i grew up with but can you innocently have fun like for no like, then you don't then you don't need the notion of, of fun yes you don't need it i mean it's it's, it's because, somewhat authentic mode in a way yeah it's self forgetfulness yeah. it's no more watching varkaris dancing in the streets uh, tukaram avang yeah. you're no more watching it yeah. you are absorbed you are it you uh, it's a nice expression tanmay you are tadrup you you are tadakar look at all these words of yeah. indian politics yeah you are the one the with, i'm something i'm it's a romantic what, idea but i like innocence? it what is innocence i don't know does I, that make sense to you vernon i don't know it's a, i mean semantically one can argue on the word but um it's like it's like calling a joke inappropriate that's an inappropriate joke but in truth what joke can possibly be appropriate so i don't see how an innocent person truly truly innocent divested of any connections with roots and what's moral and what's right and wrong and what's funny what's not funny what's good music what's not bad music and that sort of plain white sheet vanilla innocence i don't know how they could i don't know how they could understand the concept of fun or indeed suffering if they're that innocent that pure that untouched that nascent that the, i don't know i don't know if if i understand the, the word correctly or, 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 or of innocence i don't know how they could have fun no i must correct myself what i'm saying is saying that there's yeah, probably sorry. a connection between the two he's not saying the innocent is necessarily having fun or not it's, it's not just uh because in, in a way you're obviously linking into the notion of forgetfulness self forgetfulness that's the whole idea in many many ways well alzheimer's people are quite happy the the guys who are full fledged in alzheimers i mean at heart if you measure the happiness level i've been told and i i, I don't know them personally i don't know anyone personally but i'm told <laughs> the people who've gone the, the sufferers who've gone beyond the stage of of you know zoning in and out and i don't mean to be in in um uh inappropriate or no, offensive but i mean people who can't remember where they are people are watching uh, who got that 15 second attention span who are watching tv commercials for entertainment their happiness level is quite is quite is really quite up there because they're not distracted by the past and the future they're just living in this moment so you you're talking about a person of that innocent who's not deta- who's not attached to anything I, i guess it's a, it's a nice place to be but it's surprisingly our expression of the notion of having fun often among young students fun is with all the time is that let's the oldest work is over now let's go and have fun yeah. so the uh, yeah. the rest yeah. of the time is not fun yeah now romantically one has always grown up with the idea that let's have fun all the time all the time now so uh, work becomes the opposite of fun in a way yeah so but this is this is a mistake surely this is a mistake of of evolution there's an absolute travesty of evolution there's no need there are people who um uh, who actually want to work in a factory they grow up thinking that's what i want to do and they find a great deal of satisfaction and happiness putting a wheel on a car 150 times a day going home having dinner with their family that's enjoyable for them and that that's that that's what they find um uh, that's what they find is fun so for them it's not work work play play it's exist and be happy doing that and that happens only when the work is turned into a play yeah yeah but then the conditions for work to turn into a play must be existing in the outside world therefore we are not having fun at the workplace because the conditions seem to be actively working against having fun 
But then expectations carry us down. If one's expectations are up there and 20 years into one's existence, one has only reached 50% of that. All one really had to do was to go back 20 years and reduce one's expectations by 50%. One would have achieved nirvana by the time they're 25. So, wow, I've achieved. But the, the, the idea that of studying 10 standard, 12 standard degree, master's, PhD, move on, and then achieve happiness is the idea we've given young students. And it's, it's blissfully, as far as I can see, it's actually blissfully wrong. It's blissfully you misleading. Really, you really I, it's, a feel, it's a feeling. I mean, being a dyslexic, it, it was very easy for me to, to get out of that. I didn't have a choice. But every <laughs> all, all the ones, my successful friends, I, I, I meet them and they're great people and they, they, do, they do enjoy life. But um, they're no better off in the happiness department than I am. That, that, that's, that, that, that's, that really is the point. Tell me, is it, is it uh, Shogato, is it okay to not have fun? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, in fact, uh, we were talking about the market and innocence, the yeah. two factors that were brought out yeah. uh, precisely and probably arguing in favor of either having fun or not having fun for that matter. Uh, but I think that both these coordinates essentially, therefore, in the way we've built up our argument, make it necessary to somehow deal with fun, maybe with the condition of not having fun in itself, being the very threshold of us therefore working towards uh, having fun in some way. So I I doubt if it is okay to return to your question to not have fun. Uh, hmm. Because to not have fun might as well as be to turn, therefore, following the chain of uh, discussion that we ourselves have had, to an acquisitory mode of becoming an accomplice to normativity hmm. and to give in to those very forces that may precisely want to keep you away from that fundamental radical innocence and 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 the clearly there are barriers to means of having fun aren't there absolutely i think that yeah. is that is the fundamental problem because not all of us have the means to have fun the accessibility of the means to having fun themselves are so disparate some of us may have for diverse reasons not only economic reasons may have uh, the capacity to consume and access that radical state of innocence and to be able to withdraw oneself from this uh, painful world of experience that itself is Agora-like, uh, I mean, around us continuously uh, building itself up, whereas some others may not have a similar access to those very means. So the means of being able to access fun are indeed disparate. And a lot of uh, social movements, social thoughts uh, are essentially geared towards making it possible for everyone to have access to enjoyment. You know, our, uh, mm. the minute we bring in the other into our mode of thinking, our ways of experiencing ourselves in the world. That's very Things interesting. get hugely agitated. That's very interesting. Let's take an example. Somebody was suffering from mood variations. Mm -hmm. Let's use the word depression mm. of all forms. Mm. Somebody who is visad, you know, mm. who suffers from a deep melancholia. Mm. Are you able to register him or her into the world that you seem to inhabit. Mm. The minute you do that, things get altered. Mm. Then something else begins to happen. It's not a notion of fun. It's a notion of compassion that must take over. And only in that, the possibility of fun in the highest sense of the term, where you are at peace and things are, you know, resolved. You are without a resentment. Because how can you have fun when you are resentful? Of course, you can have a lot of fun, like the Nazis were having, I shouldn't use that word, like many human beings all over the world have a lot of fun in making someone else suffer. Let's put it that way. Consciously or unconsciously, there is something in us uh, which seems to, you know, uh, beat up the guy who is just caught on the roads and get involved there or watch, at least stand and watch it. That's sadism. In, 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 in it's sadism, but in all its variety. It's not only the psychological term, yes. but the human, natural. But if compassion replaces the idea of fun, mm. if the other comes into the picture, mm. then our idea will rewardingly alter of what is it to have fun. I think Marx was concerned with that. Mm. He did visualize a day when you and I would be able to get up in the morning, read poetry, have a good breakfast, go and play golf. I think that is very good, completely wrong. But <laughs> go, why would one play golf in the evening? But he, deep, deeply motivated by the compassion, 
the suffering of the other is your suffering. When you begin to think that, uh, you're serious about having fun. And that's totally all right. Yeah. To be serious is not to be grumpy. To be serious mm. is to be attentive. Yeah. That's all it means. And That's fun as other regarding, fun as ethically driven, rather than fun as being acquisitory, fun as being self-aggrandizing. And totally individuated. Tell me, I mean, if we go to the context of music for a second, um, it's very difficult to visualize music as being entirely solitary. I mean, you to tend to associate it with music festivals mm-hmm. and concerts and both the mode yeah. of dissemination as well as consumption. Is, how is it that... Somehow a group always comes into the consciousness, doesn't it? It, it, it dovetails perfectly what uh, Prabhat was, was just saying about the coming back to the Nazi reference where the vast majority were not psychopathic evil, evil people. They were just going with the flow. They didn't question. Why? Because no one else questioned. A hundred people are doing it. Who am I to question? Chal, let's go and let's turn on the gas. Let's commit evil acts that later on we're going to regret. But Why do musical concerts work? For the same reason. Same reason. Not everyone can actually, I mean, you look at something like EDM, which everyone loves to put down these days because allegedly it's not music, although it's the most successful form of non-film music in the country today. It's making more money than any other genre, more than jazz, more than rock, more than non-film pop music. EDM is a huge, huge uh, commercial thing right now, and it wouldn't happen if it wasn't a group activity. Mm -hmm. If... Um, if EDM was a solitary activity of pressing play on a electro- electronic dance music song, you press play and you dance in your house and have fun, I don't think it will be so successful. Commercially, I'm talking about. Is it linked and to the notion of market? Does it's li- it's it, linked it to the notion. It's linked to the notion of that looks like fun, so it must be fun. Therefore, I will do it and have fun. And while this is fun, and it's a self fulfilling prophecy, because it's then mimetic. you become one of the crowd that everyone else is watching from the outside and joining, and thus it's growing. It's, so, Gautam, what's your take? I mean, why, why, why do we seem to have fun in very similar ways? I don't think we have fun when we have it in a similar way. Mm-hmm. These packaged, uh, uh, let's say, formulaic devices, mm. which are often, uh, often uh, packaged and sold to us as means of having fun, are not really fun if they're mm-hmm. had in a formulaic way. Mm-hmm. Fun is precisely when quite beyond and in depo- at departure from in resistance to these packaged modes of similitude, which normativity would like to uh, capture us with, we instead can cock a snook at those normative devices and f- have fun Contra it. So, for instance, let's say a packaged masala movie being seen by many of us and therefore us having the same kind of fun is not probably fun. But us as the same audience who maybe the culture industry formulations might think of as dummies rejecting that film, making a film be a flop. Or making another film be a hit, making spoofs of the film, going to the hall and instead tali marrowing at incongruous places or marrowing city or generally being able to uh, stand up to what could be packaged fun, that is fun for me. It's the consumer's active capacity to not fall for a particular packaged mode of formulaic fun mongering. But that's a cynical mode. Uh, yeah, evidently it is, and uh, not only is it cynical, I would say it's a it's a it's a market mode in a way, mm-hmm. because uh, just like Socrates himself, for instance, he was a bazaar philosopher. Mm-hmm. He did not uh, like if we go to the classic dichotomy between a cathedral and a bazaar. Yeah, he was not a pulpit philosopher. Yeah. He would walk up and down the agora of Athens. He would walk up and down the bazaar and say whatever he had to say. So similarly, participating in the market economy, but in modes, that would not necessarily be a taking in of whatever is dished out to you. But you being able to make prophecies that may undercut the very principles of that packaged commercial regime, that seems to be the cynical mode that would lead to fun. So to return to your original question, uh, formulaic modes of packaged fun are not really, in acceptance of the same one doesn't get get led to fun necessarily. So there are no Uh, consensual modes of fun? No, there are consensual modes of fun, but that consensus in itself can also evolve through Mm. a basic fundamental consensus of having fun at 
rather than having fun with the mm. normative modes that instead actually continues to try to uh, desist us from having fun mm. 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 so the consensus lies elsewhere the manufactured consensus is hardly a consensus that is not the consensual mode of having fun uh, as far as uh, i am concerned because instead the radically other consensus which in itself would be able to undercut this presumed false consciousness this presumed ideological manufactured consensus is the consensus of having fun and which is not bereft of the market forces but which is always in engagement with the market forces yeah. Yeah. but if we yeah. were to bring in the notion of festivals yeah if we were to bring in the notion of uh, uh, in a general sense festivals yeah fest- no and we were to bring in the notion of community yeah as an individual i may have uh, for various reasons never felt at home in the world of communities yeah. or in the world of festivals because in one way or the other i've experienced certain kind of alienation yeah or certain kind of self inquiry that doesn't let me do that yeah so personally i can mm. i cannot feel at home but i can easily observe without constructing and reading too much into it that there is something about festivals there is something about community life there is something about a group of people dancing together at 1000 people in the hall you know and when i see that something begins to move inside me tears actually flow when i see those 10000 people in a rock concert the very thought you know we are the world and when those 16 voices converge now of course as you can see i'm romanticizing but i like to suggest that we should look into the fact that these individuals who are involved in the mode of resistance in a very meaningful way uh who are they are they individuals who are struggling to understand how is it that they are not a part of a larger whole that's one que- i mean it's a fascinating question what is it to be an individual in a marketplace in a market space in a, in a rock concert of course we are individuals we are putting our hands next to the girlfriends we smoking our own pot and we going but there is something a moment suddenly comes when there is a uh, advait you know there is there is a remarkable something i'm just curious about it having fun in a public space and having fun by oneself masturbating is having fun by oneself is it and copulating and let's go let's take sex into this having fun and the question of sex and individual and community life and then the orgies and then the all forms of the ways by which human beings have evolved so much the idea of orgies around community rituals community life participation and of course it gets deep becomes decadent you know yeah. like in the vaishnava sampradaya when yeah. it becomes so t- let's think about let's bring in sex into this yeah, yeah. fun and sex yeah uh, i said one of the major preoccupation of human psyche anyway yeah violence and sex both should be brought in yeah in the idea of fun what do you say I have nothing to say to that. I mean, <laughs> uh, no, you're right. So uh, one could have, as you said, one could have sex by oneself. One could have sex with one partner. One could have group sex, and one could have commercial sex also. Or even in these times of teledildonics, probably virtual sex. And maybe <laughs> this entire uh, gamut of possibilities of sex, and us trying to rate uh, on a scale of pleasure. as to what would be more fun might indeed lead us to some insight uh, about the discussion that we've been having and uh, i wonder however if uh, the absolute the possible the potential connection of sex with utility with reproductivity and somewhere at the back of our mind it also uh, possibly being part of some kind of an urge which one cannot avoid would this complicate this as a category of having pure fun in the innocent inutile way that we have been discussing so evidently one can argue that masturbation is relatively inutile non reproductive sex and for that matter other non reproductive forms of consensual multiple sex also including homosexuality and other forms of queer sexual practice being inutile in so far as they are non reproductive might themselves therefore fall on the fun side of it rather than the utility side of it hmm. but i still think that sex may not be the right paradigm for us to be able to 
work out the the contours of fun that we were having because somewhere beneath the whole idea of sex lies uh, an entire social edifice of either utility or uh, social strictures against it or at least that primal biological urge which therefore is probably not as conscious or as radically prelapsarian and therefore seeking out on one's own self as maybe certain other non-urge driven modes of having fun could be but i think we do we so, could I mean, talk about is, sex is 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 this drive to have fun is it intrinsic I mean, because you seem to be taking the urge but yeah no that is what i was saying i in my opinion when a particular mode of having fun is because you can't help it mm. but there is an urge within you which propels you towards doing that the drive then mm. that is too organic Mm. or when you do something which is pleasurable but mm. at the end of which there is a distinct utility or at least mm. a promise of utility mm. then also in my opinion that probably doesn't qualify as that essential kind of fun that uh, i was talking about uh, where maybe something that we can have contra our urges mm. contra any interest mm. maybe that would be a more paradigm example of mm. what constitutes having fun that mm. being said of course uh, the fact that sex does produce pleasure and sex can be had exactly in those many ways that our discussion had led us yeah. to yeah. could make it an interesting case in point yeah. but my doubts lie precisely on these two grounds as to whether it could be the paradigm category of uh, fun interesting let's take freud let's bring in freud mm. which is wonderful now yeah. freud has a book called beyond the pleasure principle yeah. mm. he then worked out the idea of eros yeah Eros and Thanatos. And Thanatos. Now, yeah. if you bring in the death instinct, the death instinct, just yeah. as much as the instinct for life or yeah. pleasure, you no, know, yeah. I mean, we might begin to get have an insight into the idea that why it is not a good idea to turn fun as the ultimate criterion principle of human life. Does it appeal to you the to the heavy metal connected side with in the, you? Yeah, connected with some of those rock. We are. I used to be self-destructive. What's, what's the drive? What's it's, the drive? It's, diffi- it's difficult to. It's difficult to um, to analyze punk Gentilize. rock and and hip hop and the more aggressive forms of commercial music. It's difficult to isolate them and put them in the context that you're talking about in order to analyze and make sense out of it because. There was no innocent context where all these forms came out of. They all came out of something extremely. What's the opposite of innocent? Extremely. Yeah, dark. It was extremely t- 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 uh, punk and heavy metal. It came out of, came out of horror. It came out of tragedy. It came out of pain and suffering. It did come out of that. Not Jim as Madison, bad as Madison. Yeah, obviously, amazing. It, it, it came out of, of those. It's difficult to put that into context. I, I refer to blues because it's the only, it's the purest one I can think of that it didn't derive from a commercial need or a, a communication need. It just came from the person saying, "Whoa." It started with that, mm. and everything came from there. That's why, even though classical music came before, and African music certainly predates it several hundreds, maybe thousands of years. But blues is the only organic thing I can think of where you can say that's pure in some sense. And I use the word pure very loosely, just in order to analyze as a pure music state where did it come from and what, how would it be if that person was innocent? Blues is the, and there's no innocence there. So come to heavy metal, it's very difficult. to look at it in any sense of what would it have been in a perfect world in an innocent white sheet vanilla world what it would have been mm, mm. it's just it's just that's what happened in the 70s and 80s that is what happened and to say what if it didn't happen but it's, it's impossible to go there it's impossible something else would have happened darker or lighter i, I, I it's just is difficult what don't we try and look into the future prabodh what's the long term future of this notion of having fun i have zero interest in life after death so i i but for my child i would wish something and it's not going to work so for someone else's child i'll wish now uh, i think fun is becoming such a category if we drive uh, young minds towards the idea of fun recklessly and mindlessly as it is bound to with entertainment industry where the primary interest is uh, profit you know is not uh, well being of another human being i mean i'm being little harsh but let it's both i mean let it be no problem i have a feeling that it's not going to be fun i think 
life is going i mean every second student i meet has a huge amount of repressed uh, ways of not knowing what they are all about you can't have fun with that kind of mindset that you carry within yourself having fun as i said requires you to be an innocent fool i like that idea how do you regain innocence i no you my i introducing notion of innocent has to do with uh uh knowing that you've lost one okay. and you only it's can awareness. recollect it yeah it's it's becoming aware but that's all i don't want sure. to go too far with it by innocence i simply mean uh, uh ease with which you are oblivious of yourself you know you are in a gathering but you are not self conscious and very i like subtle that. and it's fair yeah yeah it's fine having said that uh, there are ways i mean which we try to do that why do we become intoxicated uh, why do we uh, go into that mode you know when there is home there is family there is politics there is the cruel world and i am tempted to add one more thing to the idea of cruel world the cruel self yes i mean why blame the world aren't we uh, capable of in, as individuals resentment and cruelty that uh, we justify or you know live with as if it's a human condition yeah. so in that limited sense i think we're not going to have a lot of fun i don't see no utopia there's a buckminster fuller book my favorite utopia or oblivion there is no utopia <laughs> we more and more intoxications more and more constructs and less and less what i personally romantically enjoy the idea of spontaneity but there have been ease with which you move in the world i like that <laughs> uh, it lasts only for a little that's what i mean it can only last for a little while stay with it cherish it thank lord that there has been epiphanies and they may appear again so cage is a very good idea contingency makes you realize that we should accept the fact that we are contingent being we should accept the fact that suffering is how things are one desire leads to another desire as simple as that it can never get fulfilled so forget about having fun with fulfilling your desires it's it's a wrong construct accept it then begins the possibility of resolution non resentment and perhaps a good life beautiful i mean i personally think that i yeah. haven't resolved it but It's, so i don't have a lot of fun it's a good work in progress thought chogato <laughs> yeah i will agree with all of uh, what prabodh bhai has said especially in terms of contingency but have a relatively more optimistic view of the future mm. um, so evidently in terms of contingency one couldn't agree more because ultimately what is fun but a continuous reliance on the fleeting moment itself rather than having some kind of a long teleological dream about it yeah. but at the same point of time given that the fun that we seem to be theorizing today about is ultimately a fun that is other regarding is ultimately a fun that uh, somehow wants to uh, encapsulate that innocence which we can acquire and innocence is not ignorance innocence is quite as it was rightly pointed out innocence is quite a critique of experience yep. in a very blakean way yep. rather than ignorance yep. so if having fun is to be able to seek that innocence that radical innocence if having fun is an ethical other regarding gesture if having fun is a self consuming non acquisitory renunciatory mode of being able to stand up to normativity then i think that while fun the mode of having fun would always be contingent but uh, there would be i will i'll have a lot of i'll pin a lot of hope on the modes in which certain uh, centralized top down modes of pleasure dispensation or with devolution of technology being democratized and i would in a messianic way probably dream of a time to come and work also towards the time to come and make uh, let's say our cultural enterprises also work towards the time to come when the means of having fun would be more democratized probably through digital culture probably through otherwise probably through just cherishing the very values of having fun that we tried to put on table today but i have while agreeing with the contingent nature of having fun i would have a far more optimistic view of a future to come and at least have a dream a never to be fulfilled dream maybe an impossible messianic dream probably of a time when having fun the possibility of having fun would be far more accessible and and probably even try to work towards it 
Don't Quixote, ஆமாஸ் um potential listeners and remember radio is not about acquiring it, the, the way radio stations make money is not about selling airtime or playing songs or telling a joke you're selling listeners yeah the, the art of radio station programming is to get as many listeners possible uh, listening for as long as possible take those people and sell them either piecemeal or or whole the listeners to, are the product the listeners are the product that's yeah. what you're selling <laughs> and as such you have to understand the listener so the insight there is that the listener uh they that the need that we're fulfilling for them is escape from drudgery it's a horrible thing to say but that's what we're fulfilling if what if we assume that they are having enough fun we'll be out of business so half the time <laughs> half the time uh media in particular is is instilling the idea with people that you need to escape there's a new movie here there's a festival here you must do this you must spend money here go to this restaurant it's got better food than anywhere else I so the question is is that a lie <sighs> I think the fact that that is being done is If it's a lie it's a lie within a lie and it goes much deeper than that simple media saying you sure. need to buy this shampoo because it's better because obviously it's not but then the question is one need shampoo the question is one need to be told it's it's probably a bigger question than that shampoo is a lie obviously it's a lie obviously we don't need paler skin or less oily skin this is not medically significant in order to make that product but <laughs> but nonetheless that's what pays the bills for alleged fun that radio makes and i i look at it very very coldly especially programming hindi and uh, bengali stations in kannada and tamil which languages i'm not familiar with cultures i'm not familiar with i look at it very objectively very pragmatically and say okay let's work with the assumption that everyone has the fundamental need to escape from the drudgery of their existence once you have that realization how do you manufacture fun then we 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 say okay how can we make them escape for a few seconds whether it's in a time capsule playing a 20 year old song which sends them back to their college days where they were free and they didn't have any responsibilities finished the exam first job low salary no no <laughs> one to report to no this is how we program radio if If I was to look at you, you gentlemen back here, 20 years? if I was to look at you gentlemen here, I would estimate an average age of around, well, I I would program to you to make you happy. To, I would try and understand your background, you you the music you heard in your youth, and specifically 18 to 21 when you did not have the pressures of serious educational worry. It's over somewhat, or the pressure of a serious job, or your parents saying you can and can't do this. So it's a sense of freedom that never happened before in your life, and unfortunately will never happen again. <laughs> the reminiscence speak in a way. Yeah. Makes sense to you. Yeah it does make sense I know I know what he's saying I just need to listen to my bob dylan Well that, that's it exactly I'm, I'm all right you know For me the healing uh, healing happens it, <laughs> temporary healing happens Always on a different way. level there's a bit, <laughs> that transcends but so the, fun the is what are you doing from the age of 18 to 21 and then in terms of in terms of radio programming it, it was just what did you listen in that era take minus a 45 year old take away 25 years see what music they were playing then it's quite obvious it's documented Play the music everyone thinks you play a thousand songs they like in truth you play 25 songs that's all they really want to hear they hear it but they don't hear the song the melody the, the lyrics they hear in their mind what the, 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 they go as a time capsule as a time pill they go back in time they smile reminisce romanticize a, a beautiful time where the weather was perfect the girls were beautiful the boys were handsome and strong and everyone was honest which is bullshit <laughs> but that's what they see because but there was always a hard on but it was a hard on because <laughs> the, the, in in one's mind i mean i never went through this myself so again i look at it pragmatically and it works <laughs> and how it works is unbelievable that's, that's true w- that particular angle does it as shogato does it worry you how formulaic it could be of course so evidently i mean this this kind of an escape Uh, through what would be apparently seen as fun packaged fun from the basic 
ethical uh, need to somehow cultivate that obscured fount of fun is precisely what uh, worries me. And therefore, as I said earlier also, uh, this temporary escape from drudgery in the garb of what could be fun is not the the fun, that fundamental fun, and now one is just punning on fun, sure. the, the fun of fana, so to say, that uh, I thought is what we have to uncover from under precisely the debris of both drudgery and formulaic pack Caged normative modes of apparently giving us fun. And it could be a pipe dream, it could be chaotic, as it was pointed out, but uh, <laughs> uh, it definitely worries me if fun is only seen as those packaged elements that could nostalgically make us escape very temporarily our everyday drudgery. Because that and the drudgery would be part of the same normative machine. And somehow the fun that one ought to seek is precisely that innocent, contra-experience, critical, self-consuming, renunciatory, other-regarding, fun in itself. Why doesn't seriousness lend itself to nostalgia? Why don't we go want to go back to the age of 18 to 21 and do a calculus? And that's just one part it, of it, the story. If I, could, I, I would just like, I wanted it, to finish off the, please. the, the 200 Future, years because please. I had a point uh, to make in the sense that for the last... 100, 110, maybe 120 years, mm. fun has been commercialized. And before that, I failed to see Shakespeare or poetry at that time reaching the common man. I don't know. I wasn't there. But the people who wrote history were the people who were reading Shakespeare. Hence, they said Shakespeare's a wonderful writer in that time. But I don't know if he really was. I just don't know. So I don't know what fun they had. But say, suffice to say, there was far less, maybe even no commercialization of fun going more than 150 years back. But Shakespeare was massively commercial, wasn't it? Extremely oh, well, I mean, popular too. So maybe not the I right speak example, without knowledge, but, yes, but, yes, uh, yes. but, but mm. my point is, now it's commercial and what's happened in the last 10 years, you, it's, there's been a decline from commercial people producing content to gather audiences and then sell them wholesale to an advertiser. That's been on the decline. On, on the incline has been peer-to-peer -peer or one-to-one -one entertainment. You can see it, the... All young people include, and I'm a young person, but I'm always on my phone, and the vast majority of content is peer-to-peer. -peer. Mm. I'm reading posts or blog posts or pictures which friends or people I know who know other people have taken. That, for me right now, is more entertaining than... I don't have cable TV, so obviously that's more entertaining than the cable televisions. Going 200 years in the future, I see a demolition of, commer of the commercial media empire mm. being replaced with... Frankly, going back to the old days, what I would assume was, I got a joke. Have you heard it? Do you want to hear this joke? It's really funny. Here we go. Or I wrote a poem. And let's share like that. Mm. Not around the kitchen table or the campfire, but across the continents digitally. Mm. That's what I see, not even 200, but 20 years. Yeah. That's right. what's going to happen. It's already on. It's happening. I mean, it's on the and I think this is positive. I think this is a very positive movement. Mm. Taking out the obligation that something should be funny or something should be of entertainment value only if it has an, a, an associated commercial value. Mm. A lot of entertainment has no commercial value, but it's extremely fun. It's extremely entertaining. This, this is fine. This, I think, is a, the best way to... Uh, this is the, the sheer cheerfulness of Cage and people like that whom I deeply reach out to. The cheerfulness has to do with this, that everyone, almost everyone, would be participating and an activity of self-expression and therefore self sense of self which is which is joyous yeah because you know expression by in itself achieves something remarkable that's beautiful but there's another small point i thought conceptually one can introduce to we don't have all the time in the world uh, one could introduce a notion of being astonished and being surprised mm. So what would be required for fun if I were to give instruction, you know, five lessons for $50 in one week, if I were the Deepak Chopra or whatever X, I would say make sure that we find ways of freeing ourselves from the habits that gets formed. As simple as that. You know, so if Bob Dylan is a habit, you're, you're finished. You, you lost it. If Mozart is a habit, you've lost it. If your wife is a habit, you've lost it. Too. Tragically. No, <laughs> tragically. 
if you know what I mean. Can I fully understand? Are you saying that each experience should be there and then in the moment and it should be a value in that moment exclusively as opposed that's, to what it should asking, be? That's asking too much. But I'm simply suggesting that but fun would begin to happen when we are able to deal with habits in a manner which permits being astonished and being surprised. And if life goes on like that, at least every Wednesday, if not all seven days a week, it's a good life. That's beautiful. I think it's a great note to end this on. And thank you so much to all of you for making it. Really appreciate thank it. Thank you. My thank pleasure. you so much. Thank you.